Scanning. Identity authorized. Welcome to the Secret Superhero Club Podcast Network. Welcome to the Animation Station Podcast, your home for discussions and debates about all things animation. Each week, we'll rank, review, and revel in animated shows from yesterday and today, and from around the world. So grab your acne slingshot, set your mobile suit to autopilot, and put on your mouse ears. The Animation Station Podcast begins now. It's like that, uh, like that Buffy episode. You know, remember the one where they it was all uh, singing the musical episode. Oh once yeah, more yeah, with yeah. Feeling. Uh huh. That's what this is. This okay. whole this whole episode is going to be once more with <laughs> once feeling. more with proper pronunciation. Welcome to the Animation Station podcast. My name is Josh. I'm Gavin. And joining us today, we have a very special guest, Mr. Tony Simonetta. Hello. <laughs> Hi, Tony. We're so glad to have you on our little podcasty show today um josh you want to tell everybody how we know tony uh yes i followed tony on instagram mainly because he worked at rooster teeth so i was like Psh, i like this guy <laughs> he's a rooster and i'd seen a stalker. bunch of his uh disney art mm-hmm. and i was like oh yeah this guy's pretty cool and i happened to see when we were at d23 um i happened to see a post that you were on a plane and i was like hmm i wonder where he's going heading out to D23, and you were like, yes. I was like, let's meet up in the park. And meet <laughs> up we did. We did. We'd only been there for less than an hour, and we connected with Tony, and we ended up hanging out with you pretty much the whole weekend, on and off. Yeah, it was a very successful uh, audible. Kind of, I was out there by myself, so I mean, uh-huh. it was very easy for me to just decide to do something. Um, right. And it, I went to the previous D23 solo, which mm-hmm. there's perks to going solo and being able to walk around by yourself and not be beholden to anybody but the lines at d23 and the the park hopping was definitely a much better group experience oh yeah i agree now tony can you tell us a little bit about what you do yes currently uh my title i work at rooster teeth which is a kind of a production studio and internet-based entertainment company here in austin texas and uh i'm a the lead designer of consumer products which is fancy business card speak for i'm a graphic designer and i design merch uh, so <laughs> at rooster teeth we have loads of podcasts uh animated shows full-length feature films um like internet uh, let's play achievement hunter people and everybody gets shirts and coasters and mouse pads and various merch and uh so i'm kind of leading a team of designers that designs all that currently awesome did you design bum cheese uh, no. Oh. <laughs> He's our resident uh, pen and ink illustrator style guy. So I'm more of a traditional graphic designer. Like I have less pen to paper skill than I do with digital design, layout, typography experience. And uh, the guy that designed that, he's like one of those people that can you can just tell him something. Five minutes later, it's exactly what you want. He's drawn it out on his uh, Wacom pad. Nice. So I'm, he's a good addition to the team. We have a, a nice, well-rounded team. That's awesome. awesome. So, how did? What is your kind of backstory in graphic design? How did you get into that? Is that what you went to school for? Um, eventually, yes. So I, got, I went to school, uh, University of Texas at Austin, and I kind of came out of high school being a creative type, but undeclared. So my freshman year was one of those stereotypical undeclared kids, mm-hmm. and I found out that the University of Texas had a program that was a kind of an interdisciplinary design program that was all different disciplines. And so I was like, okay, I don't know what I want to do. I know I'm interested in art. I was an art kid in high school. Let's figure this out. And I found out that that required kind of a year of pre-design, which is all your life drawing and art history classes, Mm -hmm. uh, getting all that out of the way. So once I kind of pointed myself in that direction, um, I applied for the design program. And theirs is kind of a, a more specific design program where it's, there's a, gr- a small group of kids, probably 16 to 20, and you go through a three-year program all together, and they're studio classes, as opposed to UT has a lot of, like, 100-people classes and stadium mm-hmm. seating. Um, so we had to apply, create a portfolio, and go through an interview process. And then 
once you're in the program, it's three years and you go to class about eight hours a day with the same 16 to 20 people and you kind of work as a team, critique each other. And by the time you get through the three-year program, everyone has kind of found their niche and uh, you kind of apply to the school for money to kind of your senior year say, hey, I'm going to be one of these. I'm using my senior year to work on this project. I need some money to do it. And then you present at the end of the year and have a big gallery show or a, something like that. So I kind of fell sideways into it. And, and once I got into the program, you kind of they work with you to determine like what your strengths are. Some of us became fur- furniture designers out of my class. We have a, wow. an audio engineer. I'm a product designer. Uh, there's a couple artists, straight-up photographers and artists. So you kind of get... You run the gamut in there. So we did hand lettering, typesetting, printing press, furniture, lighting. You did a little bit of everything. You see what sticks. That's pretty cool. It's kind of a, a liberal approach. I, I like that. That sounds like it was really. Do you do you feel like you get a lot? You got a lot of value out of all those. I other do. Disciplines? I had a, yeah. I had a very different college experience than a lot of my friends when mm-hmm. they talk about. Like I had my freshman year. I did my you know biologies and my maths and my social sciences and all that Mm -hmm. but beyond that my day-to-day was a studio class from eight to twelve every day and another studio class from two to six so we would go in and create like from eight to twelve or two to six and in that time depending on what we were learning the professor would take us to a place where we'd figure we kind of learn hands-on learning as opposed Mm -hmm. to like learn these things cram them in your head spit them out on the test like churn and burn kind of that kind of college experience that i know a lot of people had right wow that's cool that sounds like a great program yeah i think it prepared me just to deal with the variety of different things that real life mm-hmm. quote-unquote real life uh, spits at you when you when you leave the safety bubble of college right so did you go right from college into being a professional designer um baby steps uh so part of the program is your second and third years you have to get internships um for each of the semesters mm-hmm. to get real-world experience. And uh, you kind of apply through the school. The school gets you credit for that, and you get to go and take one of your studio sessions. Like You probably go 10 or 15 hours a week to be an intern. Um, so I had an internship at an architecture firm where I was learning uh, informational and wayfinding design that I was kind of interested in. So wow. towards the end of my uh, tenure at UT, I started being really interested in uh theme park design and like the the nature of wayfinding so we you enter into the theme park and a lot of people attack theme parks different mm-hmm. differently like some people go in clockwise some people go counterclockwise people go big rides little rides people go shops so i was kind of fascinated with the idea that theme parks like disneyland like walt disney world you go in and you kind of don't notice the subtle ways they move you on your on their own so that everyone doesn't conglomerate in one spot and so that this is far enough away from that so that when you're in line for this, you can see this next thing. So I became really uh, fascinated with the wayfinding. So I went to this architecture firm uh, and I was kind of an intern there for a while. And then the next jump is kind of what got me into product design. My next internship was with uh, Seiko Watches. Um, okay. They had an office in Austin and they had the, they had a lot of licenses, which meant that they made watches for... Um, Harry Potter with Warner Brothers, uh, Disney, uh, Hello Kitty. They had Mattel, so they did Barbie and GI Joe stuff. And uh, I'd never designed product like quite like watches, but I was a big uh, Disney nerd at that point, and I was kind of in love with a lot of the shows and properties that they were dealing with. So they kind of just took me on and showed me the product side, and that kind of opened the door to careers. And uh, you're a you're a Disney freelancer, correct? Current, correct. Yeah, it's kind of a weird situation how that uh, works out because I'm not you know on a payroll. I'm they treat me kind of like a contractor, where it's I get there's a job that they think I might be suited for. I get reached out to, and I kind of work with the the on staff designer. And they kind of send me any assets I need, and then I turn in the job, and I'm kind of cut loose at that point. So. If I need more jobs, I can kind of harass somebody to see if there's anything available or if they have something available for me. Uh, they can reach out to me, which is super helpful because I do have a full-time job and a family and lots of other things. So sometimes I'm just too busy as much as I want to freelance to do extra work. 
I have to choose between extra work and seeing kids or extra work and sleep. Yeah. And sometimes you <laughs> cannot choose. You don't get to um, choose. So how did you go from Seiko to uh, to the Disney? Like, how did that process go? So, yeah, the Seiko, I went, so Seiko, the watch industry, if any of you are listening or wearing watches, you're in the minority. The watch industry is kind of a slowly sinking ship in the, the mm-hmm. $15 watches to $45 watch range. The normal amount of uh, people don't wear watches anymore. So I, this watch company was kind of trimming down, let's say. I got laid off from that watch company. I jumped to a different division of Seiko. Same thing happened there. I jumped to a different watch company that was based out of New York. Uh, all kind of doing the same thing. I did licensed product, uh, a lot of Disney product in all of these companies. And the, mm-hmm. just the watch industry as a whole was kind of sinking in the mid-2000s. And I ended up at a watch company that I was at for five or six years where we had the license to do Converse, the shoe brand, and Columbia, the outdoor brand. They did most of their watches. So I was young year, like 10, 11, 12, of designing watches. And I was like, about to start a family and I said I cannot uh, keep hopping jobs anymore I've been kind of in the <laughs> same field for a while um, I was talking to my wife about trying to figure out if we could you know at that point we were like should we move to Orlando and see if I can just knock on everyone's doors and get a job designing for Disney and uh, she said you know let's go ahead and see what you can do so it was a D23 2013 I believe um, I decided to kind of make a run at figuring out if I could do some Disney work. Mm-hmm. And uh, I kind of put up one of those bulletin boards on my wall that you see in all the detective shows and all the <laughs> things when I was trying to connect the dots and see who was important in the Disney design group, which is the group who I was kind of trying to break into. They do all the theme park merchandise and things that I'm the most interested in. Um, so I paid for the expensive LinkedIn and wrote down everybody's names, and I came up with like a good list of people to attack Mm-hmm. And I created a website, like specifically for getting the job, a portfolio site that kind of focused on, you know, spec Disney work I had done, Disney watches I had done as a in my career. And I went out to D23 with like the express sole purpose of meeting the people on the list. Some of them were artists that had signings. Some of them were at panels. Some of them were just going to be there. And I was, you know, following <laughs> their social media to see where they would show up and uh, mm-hmm. casually run into them. So I did that. I went and I handed out business cards. I talked to people about how they got their jobs, tried not to be pushy, tried not to be too annoying, and just kind of explained, kind of trying to figure out how this all works. Everyone was mm-hmm. more than nice, and uh, kind of that that was that. The D23 happened, and it was fun, and it wasn't probably until about three months later uh, I got a random email that was someone was looking at my watches, and the watches were the, the entryway again, and they said, hey, we're doing a bunch of watches you've been doing this for 10 years, how would you like to do some theme park watches? And I said, anyway, nice. you know, I'm trying to get out of watches, but anything foot in the door, let's do it. So I did uh, a round of watches with them, and I was able to kind of turn those out really quickly, so they were pleased with that. So I started kind of casually emailing shirt designs I had. I was like, hey, if you have shirts, let me do that. And that kind of went nowhere. And then like three months later, there was a, a line of shirts that were like, hey, let's try you on shirts. Nice. And I... A line of sh- like a small line of a, uh, it was like Americana Mickey shirts, and they were like, okay, we're gonna keep coming back to you now. Let us know what you can and can't do. And so I opened the conversation with two or three uh, Disney designers that were super helpful uh, because it's hard to work with somebody that's not in the office, uh, right. sending the right assets and dealing with my questions. Um, and then they kind of played to my strengths. With they knew once they knew what I could and couldn't do, they pitched projects at me and if I was like I don't think that's kind of my wheelhouse they would say okay we'll come back to you with the next thing uh, and huh. eventually kind of found my footing and got into a good cadence of doing projects and it was it gave me the that's release awesome. valve I needed where it wasn't watches anymore and I got my creative my creative juices going again so now you just need to start throwing them your um theme park attraction designs and yes. they'll be like oh hey we're doing a new attraction tony you want to do it yeah i'm gonna be a backseat imagineer i can, I can <laughs> do that, that and tony awesome. uh, you designed um shirts for uh for disney for pandora world and what was the one in March? pandora world tm yeah that's what it's called what sorry uh, <laughs> what was, what was the... oh and um some of the logos for march magic march magic march. yeah so like the yeah march the, magic the most recognizable like I said, I haven't done a ton of Disney work. I've done it enough to make me happy, and uh, the most 
the biggest projects that are the most visible were like the, yeah, the March Magic team t-shirts. I think I did seven teams one year and six teams last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the the biggest program to date is the 28 in Maine uh, menswear line that they launched at Disney World at the co-op marketplace. Mm-hmm. I worked working with that team of designers and they wanted Disney shirts that don't necessarily scream, hey, this is a Mickey Mouse Walt Disney World shirt. They were kind of for right. true fans, kind of a lot of in-world references, a lot of uh, side nods to extinct attractions and uh, mm-hmm. kind of a more boutique taste, you know, $40 t-shirts, fancier things. And I was, I'm a, I collect a lot of Disney t-shirts, but I don't like wearing overtly Walt Disney World 2017 t-shirts. <laughs> I like the more obscure shirts from the international parks or on some of the bootleg shirts that are online. I find them really fascinating because they go places that sometimes Disney won't let you go with the characters. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what this line was turning into. And I was super excited. So I did a, a lot of t-shirts for that and a lot of graphics. And I noticed they just turned them into pins. I just, I bought my own pins on eBay yesterday. Nice. I don't know. Sometimes they buy the art from me and it disappears into the machine and then I'll see a product launch, and I'm like, oh, that's a shirt I did for a – that's a graphic I did for a T-shirt. It is now a coaster, or it's now you know, a, a whiskey jug or something like that. <laughs> so they, once they own the art, it's theirs, and I'm yeah. totally happy with it. Um, wow. So that was kind of the biggest one until Pandora. Uh, they reached out to me, and they're like, Pandora is going to have a ton of merch when it opens. So they're building out a team that kind of can do everything. So that we, they would – when Pandora opened – it would be fully stocked stores and everything would be in world. Everything had to go through an extra layer of approval, not only with Disney, but with uh, James Cameron and Lightstorm. So they were mm-hmm. kind of putting all hands on deck for Pandora. And I was super lucky to get uh, thrown a lot of those projects ahead of time and signed NDAs and got to see a lot of concept art beforehand. It was, that was really fun. I have not been out to That's Pandora awesome. yet, um, but I had friends that went out there and I made them, I FaceTimed them while they were in the store and had them walk around and look at all the every rack. I was like, oh, that one's mine. Oh, that, no, I didn't do that. One. So that that's was amazing. That was, a, that was a super fun experience. I still think that's the best experience. Like when we were out at D23, we mm-hmm. would be in line for a thing, and I'm like, I would see someone walk by and say, "Hey, that's a shirt I did." Yeah. So that's kind of that's the getting paid was nice, but that's kind of the end goal of this whole thing is to have someone appreciate it like you do, spend their money on it, and put it on their person. Right. It's kind of Endgame for me. Yeah, I, I was with you a couple times over that weekend where you pointed out, oh, that's a shirt that I did back in whatever year, and I haven't seen that one in a while well, or mean, something like I, that. I remember you guys talking about it, and that's when, like, because it's one of those things, like, when you buy a new car, you automatically see you your You see car that car everywhere, everywhere. yeah. Exactly. Um, there also, there's another blue Toyota Yaris that works at Paycom. Have oh, really? Seen it? Yeah, uh, it's I haven't so seen stupid. That's my new car, Tony. I just got a new Toyota. <laughs> But yeah, you guys were talking about that, and then I kept seeing those Disney sports shirts from uh-huh. uh, from March, March Magic. Magic, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Well, I didn't know this was a thing, <laughs> and they're just everywhere. Oh, that's yeah. funny. So we're we're kind of following this this great journey of your career. So I, I assume the next phase is kind of Rooster Teeth, right? Yeah. So I was working at the watch company, still doing full time watches to get mm-hmm. actual money to live and pay you know, pay mortgage. Mm-hmm. And I was getting my creative fix on the side doing that. And, uh, I still, when well, I was kind of still kind of burnt out on the watch thing, I was like, I need, we determined at that point, uh, by this point I had, uh, we had my, my first kid I had a daughter and it was, I didn't totally want to move all the way to Orlando away from family. This, you know, there's the whole school systems to deal with actual real life, boring stuff. Um, mm-hmm. but I was getting a lot of good Disney work and I was like, you know what? It feels good to work on something you're passionate about and I'm kind of fired up about again. So what else can I do? What kind of moves can I make here in Austin to kind of do that? And Rooster Teeth was kind of a company that I got into while I was in college in the early 2000s, the early aughts. And they had a, a show called Red vs. Blue, which was an early machinima show where they used Halo, the game of Halo to create scenes and they voice dubbed over them and kind of made it a web series. It was like a pre YouTube video series. Mm-hmm. So I think they still call it the, like the longest running, uh, internet animated yeah. series because it's been running wow. since before YouTube and before 
all that existed. They used to make QuickTime files and upload them onto the servers. You'd have to download them and find players. and So everyone wow. did that back then. I remember those days. <laughs> so that was a company that everyone got into. And uh, it's they have a podcast that they started doing shortly thereafter, as soon as Red vs. Blue got popular. And I started listening to the podcast. And it's just one of those things when you start listening to podcasts, you guys are familiar with like all the different networks. Mm-hmm. You start to just feel like you know the people, yep. start to treat them you know, react to them differently, care about what's going on. Mm-hmm. And so I like, have kind of been involved in watching Rooster Teeth content since then. And so they're here and I was like, you know what, let me see what's going on at Rooster Teeth. It's a company that I've been, you know, involved with for, it seemed like 10 years of my life at that point. And uh, so I kind of did the same thing with them. I went and found out who all the people that currently held the jobs that I wanted were. Mm-hmm. And I tried to go back and listen to podcasts with them talking about their jobs quite a lot of like legwork, a lot of listening to lots of podcasts and kind of you kind of put pieces together and you're like, okay, there's these five people that I kind of need to impress. I mean, gussy up my portfolio again, make a new website, uh, prove that I'm, I know rooster teeth and kind of put myself out there. And, uh, the timing was good. And rooster teeth had just been recently acquired by a larger company called full screen. So they were building out rooster teeth, uh, to be a bigger, better, broader company to reach a bigger audience, and so that was brought me on pretty quickly, <laughs> almost immediately. I kind of cool. have had pretty good luck, I'll, I'll say, with jobs. Yeah, that's important too. Like just having being at the right place at the right time and talking to the right person. But it seems like you you gave your luck a really good chance by doing your research and and actually putting your stuff out there in front of them and. I think that's smart. I think a lot of creative people just kind of lay back and, you know, post stuff and just hope they get discovered by something. Yeah. So your proactive approach was, in my mind, incredibly smart and incredibly well strategized. Yeah, that's the biggest advice everyone always, like when we're interviewing people at any jobs and mm-hmm. or giving design panels, people are always wondering, like, I want to work at company X. Usually it's, I want to work at Rooster Teeth or I'm really passionate about this. How do you go about getting a job? And like the answer to, and it works in other disciplines also. I want to be a designer. How do I get a job? And it's create. It doesn't matter if you're working for Rooster Teeth right now. Create content that you like, that you're mm-hmm. good at, and it'll show that you're passionate about that thing. And then when the opportunity arises, you just kind of step to the side and stay in stream and you're there. As other people, mm-hmm. like you were saying, people put things out there into the world and they're like, oh, I hope somebody notices this. Oh, I'm going to tag this person on Twitter and hope that they offer me a job or offer to buy this piece of art. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it's if you just keep on trying for that one thing, you're just you're going to be disappointed if you don't get it. Um, if you do something that you're passionate about, you're going to be happy you're creating. So you create a body of work that kind of gets you the job that you want. That's really good advice. I agree. That's very good. Yeah. So, okay, so we're we're at Rooster Teeth, so we've come current. So the the stuff that you do for Rooster Teeth, you know, in, in being kind of in charge of all the, the product or merch design, as you called it. Um, so, you know, kind of thinking of their animated things. Um, are you in the process of, like, creating, like toys of the animated characters or t-shirts yeah obviously the things you're allowed to talk about but like what does that look like in a in like a practical sense like what kind of merch are you involved in designing so the yeah the animated shows that we have we have a a huge animation team at rooster teeth um Mm -hmm. and they're very good at what they do and they're very rightly so protective of their licenses just like anyone else and that's kind of another reason i kind of flowed into working at rooster teeth is because i've been working with licensed brands for so long, treating uh-huh. them as licensed brands as opposed to treating them like an in-house company. So the team that works on Ruby, which is our one of our biggest shows, our anime show, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, they own their characters. I If they want to make a shirt, I work directly with them. I ask them what they want. I can pitch them things, but they, I kind of treat it, you know, the ca- character on Ruby like it was Mickey Mouse. Like, Okay. I know that Mickey can't be facing this direction or Mickey can't be holding this because that's not on character for Mickey. So they, I treat all the characters uh, with animation like that. So everything in animation gets thoroughly vetted by the animators. 
because they put their blood, sweat, and tears into their shows, and they, right. they want the merchandise to reflect their shows. So when we work on something with them, we'll have big meetings with all the animators. They'll show us things that are coming up in world items. So if like, oh, this character is going to be wearing this hat later this season, we should make a hat that way. People that want to wear the in-world hat can wear that hat. So there's nice. certain things that kind of build themselves out backwards from the animation team. There's certain things that you react to, certain trends that you'll react to where it's, I'm, I hate to use fidget spinners, but like there's a certain thing where like, oh, we got to do this thing that's hot right now. What brand mm-hmm. do we have that fits that? Um, and then there's a lot of there's a lot of back and forth between my design team, my merch team, and animation where we go out and see what else is in our space. What other, like, for example, Ruby, what other products are anime shows making? And for, like, some of our other shows, like we have a show called Camp Camp, a 2D show. Mm-hmm. Look at, like, other shows that are like it that are on Adult Swim or Cartoon Network. What kind of merch are people reacting to? What is working with all of them? And you kind of fit into that space because we're an independent company for all intents and purposes we're not on a major network we're kind of putting stuff out on our own so we're kind of reacting to the larger trends and trying to see which trends we can set um Mm -hmm. and kind of reacting to our our fans and our community because rooster teeth has a super strong community and they're very vocal and in a good way and they will tell you what they want and they will tell you what doesn't work and they will tell you they will kind of put you on the right path to creating stuff that they like and that that I like working on. Yeah, absolutely. And if if Josh's um, room slash studio that we're in right now is, is any testament to it, uh, your fans will buy Rooster Teeth merchandise. You know, just <laughs> yes. a couple things. This room is full of them, and Josh is wearing a Rooster Teeth shirt as we record. Yeah. So solidarity, man. <laughs> yeah, I so, did. Yeah. I did send. I did send you a package. I, it sounds like a a line but it is lost in the mail i have a, a case <laughs> number open with usps tracking down oh. a merch because bo- like anyone's work your office gets filled with the stuff that you're working on so when we're working mm-hmm. on shirts or toys or socks we get a sample set from the vendor so i get mm-hmm. like five or six of a shirt we all approve the colors and that looks good and we set it off to the side and then the office becomes a clutter it looks like a hoarder's office of stuff <laughs> so you just clear out the thing so i I did pack you a fun box of Rooster Teeth goodies, and I will nice. find it, and, and it will make its way to you at some point. <laughs> um, That's awesome. And, and, and so, yeah, I part make, of my I will make videos trip, of the unboxing. <laughs> nice. Yeah, part of my D23 trip was hitting all the gift shops because mm-hmm. Disney does merch right. They, they have a very, very, very rabid fan base for merch. Mm-hmm. They're also very vocal, and they hit every category, so... If like you know, we're getting in. We have a lot of you know vinyl toys for some of our brands. Getting in to see Disney's always kind of reacted to the trend before we got to it. They figured it out. They've monetized it. They've figured out blind boxing. They figured out how to get people to buy more of things. Mm-hmm. So you kind of just are wanting to ride in the in the wake of Disney's ideation of things. And uh, so I did a lot of that. A lot of pictures of all the gift shops and uh, at D twenty three. That was. Another half of my trip that I nice. did when I was walking around by myself. <laughs> Were you able to get into the to the main gift stop, the Disney store? That in, seventeen hour wait one? <laughs> oh yeah, I got it I got in all three show the, the Dream Store, yeah, the nice. Mickey's of Glendale and the the Disney store. I figured I got those store fast passes. I was able to get in yeah. two oh, days. And the yeah, third one first, I and that that first day when we all went in and you guys bolted over to the gravity falls, gravity falls panel, I think Tony, you went right to get a store pass, right? Yeah. Cause the, yeah, yeah, that's the, the merch buyer in me and the merch creator. I went, I got a store pass for one store and then went and got mine for the second store. That's so awesome. That I, just same, same theory as park hopping. You just you mm-hmm. get a fast pass for one ride and get in line for the next one. Uh, so yeah, the first day was half spending all my money and taking pictures of all the things I could not buy. great you know i just thought about that since you just talked about the gravity falls Uh uh-huh never mind i won't i won't talk about it Uh, (laughs) okay i was i was like oh it would be cool if we did like a like you know like the gravity falls and the star journals and stuff that they have Uh do like a camp camp journal that's like the camp yearbook type thing or the camp Mm -hmm. survival guide Uh, yeah the books are popular right now especially like the, the gravity falls journal yeah, like they did the Huge. the main release, which sold out. They had to do a second printing, 
and then they did the $100 special edition one mm-hmm. that Alex Hirsch signed and was has black light, invisible ink, all kinds of stuff in it. Right. And I'm like, and they made a thousand of those sold out like hotcakes. Oh, yeah. And I was like, geez. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. the kind of thing we take, we see what, what they're doing and that's what's cool. the version of that. Because we have a much, much smaller fan base than they do. So we have to yeah. scale everything down to a certain extent. But that's exactly how it'll work is you'll see an item. You're like, you know what? That would work for this brand. And I have to go pitch it. Mm-hmm. So that was that was a pitch. That was your pitch right there. That was my pitch. I'm yeah. literally writing it down. Nice. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, yeah. Hey, yeah. And if you wanna, uh, if you need pictures of any of the Gravity Falls stuff, let me know, and I can send you my copy. So that way you can flip through it and look at it and all nice. that jazz. So that way you don't have to buy Fun. a thirty dollar book. <laughs> I'll expense it. I'll make nice, <laughs> nice. Um, now, Tony, um, just going off. Now I'm curious. What type of merch, like, have you, you know, designed? Like, what, what are some of your favorites? Because now I'm interested to know if I have any of it. Uh, so, Rooster Teeth. So, I guess I skipped over the beginning of Rooster Teeth. So, when I first was hired, um, my job was marketing designer. So the position that was available was they were opening a brand new, they were creating a position, essentially, on the marketing team, um, which was making social media graphics, uh, YouTube headers, Facebook ads, banner ads, and it extended into making uh, booth designs for when Rooster Teeth has a booth at Comic-Con or PAX or our own convention, RTX, I would design the booths. Um, it was kind of a catch-all position that was, it was almost everything but product at the beginning. And uh, I kind of explained my product background when we were getting hired. And they said, doesn't matter, that's all valid, you're a Rooster Teeth fan, you get the brands. You're a talented designer. You'll figure out that. And that mm. was uh, so for the first, I guess it was nine months or so. I was there. I was a marketing designer, and I would walk over to the merch team, and I would still pitch merch. I designed some uh, shirts at the beginning that, like my first one that they they used, which I didn't think that they were going to use, was the Stranger Things. Uh, everyone was doing a take on Stranger, just in everybody's zeitgeist. And so we did a Rooster Teeth Stranger Things logo, mm-hmm. and uh, I got fascinated with the designer of the Stranger Things logo and watched a little five-minute video about the typeface that he used and how he did it, and I mm-hmm. stayed up doing that, and I, I tweeted it. And then uh, John Reisinger, the, the designer, the lead designer at the time, was like, why'd you tweet that? Let's make that a shirt. Delete the tweet. We're making it a shirt. <laughs> so I kind of reacted. It was one of those things where you react to what's going on, and you see how fast you can turn a shirt around. Um, cool. So that was kind of dipping my toe in merch there and then once they saw that i was super interested in merch they kept pitching things to me and uh the first thing that was my big project was we have a subscription box kind of like a loot crate that we have uh, that we do called the double gold mm-hmm. rt box nice. and it's uh, a monthly box full of exclusive merch from rooster teeth about rooster teeth shows and they kind of said you want to start heading this up designing stuff that goes in this box. Um, and I said, yes, let's do that. So I was the marketing designer and then the merch box designer. And then they were like, okay, we're going to hire another marketing designer and move you over to be the lead consumer products guy, do more merch. <laughs> so nice. I did start off a majority of the time that I've still been there was more marketing design. Um, but I've hit the ground running on the other side, uh, doing shirts and shirts and shirts now. So a lot of my stuff will come out Q4 this year, a lot of holiday stuff. Okay, uh, cool, cool. I just had a bunch of stuff that launched today, actually. Uh, that's my, some Ruby shirts and... Oh, some yeah, Rooster like the like the John one. Yeah, the John and the yeah. Ren and Nora. All the Junipers. All- Gavin doesn't know them. <laughs> Is that from Ruby? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've only seen season one so far of Ruby. Gotta stick with so. it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I hear. That's what I hear. So it's one of those. I'll, I know this I'll is get the, to the stereotypical it. thing everyone says about every show that oh, yeah. it doesn't get good to season X. And like, no, it's <laughs> great. Nice. What kinds of you know? You said early on in the podcast that you know you became a huge Disney nerd at one point. I assume you love Disney animation. Um, what what are the kind of Disney things that inspired you? Like, what are your favorite Disney animations? Um, so, yeah, I'm... Hold on. I'll reveal my age. I was born in 82. So okay. my cartoon watching happened in the late 80s, early 90s. Got um, it. 
so I think my at that time my wheelhouse was Robin Hood, Peter Pan, nice, uh, Jungle Book. Like those are my three biggest rotation nice. movies from when I was younger okay, of that era. Cool. I hit everything. Uh, everybody bought the '90s clamshell VHSs, mm-hmm. and everything was on repeat back then. But I mean, Peter Pan and Robin Hood are the two that have stuck with me as far as Disney animation that kind of influenced the kind of a lifestyle <laughs> like that. I have, I have my, my license plate is second star. I'm a full blown oh, nice. nerd. Um, that is awesome. And, and on TV, it was kind of the late eighties, early nineties when Disney afternoon started hitting you with the ducktails, tailspin, gummy bears, mm-hmm. all of that. So all of that, Gargoyles, Disney stuff. all that good stuff. <laughs> That's more Josh's era. Yeah, yeah I, I was the I was the I was the gargoyles Kim Possible era. I was a little bit a little later. bit later, even yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, are you excited about the new Ducktales? I am. I will be. It's one of those. Uh, there's so many TV shows now, and so many mm-hmm. things on. I get mm-hmm. excited about something that gets tweeted out daily, and then something <laughs> else supplants it the next day. And I'm like, oh, they're doing that too. Okay, and then I almost forget how excited I came about DuckTales until they keep hitting you over the head. Like, oh, I see another promo where I'll, at D23, I got to jump into Scrooge's money bin, which is crazy. (laughs) Um, So I know that I will be once I get knee deep into it again, but it's hard to maintain any level of excitement for things now when it's, unless it's something like Game of Thrones or Stranger Things that you just can't escape. There's something Mm -hmm. new announced every day. You're like, I can't believe they're making one of those. Like, okay. Uh, But I, I I will be excited. Sweet. Nice. Well, it is to date this uh, podcast. Um, it is tomorrow all day on Disney XD. They're doing an all day marathon, 24 hours. So, what does that mean? They're just replaying the episode yep. back to back to back to back. It's the one hour episode, and they're playing it 24 times. Really? Yep. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. It's so, pretty, you can't it's miss pretty it. It's pretty cool. <laughs> it's exactly. They're one of those like, don't miss this, but it's okay. <laughs> you can miss this one. It'll be back. Yeah. That's awesome. And they have the bandwidth to do that because they have multiple disney channels so even like right. running one mm-hmm. show on that they got disney junior disney xd the disney channel mm-hmm. <laughs> they can afford one channel exactly like we can afford one day without star versus the forces of evil and kick batowski so we can we can skip one day i don't even right. think batowski's on anymore i have no idea that's all right i never watched that show don't worry about it <laughs> they stopped doing kim possible so so you're all channels ruined <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious so do you do you often watch other animated things? Are you yeah, like also non, into anime or animated stuff? Non Disney. Well, aside from things, I, I have a daughter that's about to be five, so I see nice. a lot of peri- like just TV that she's into, which mm-hmm. is not always you know it's animated stuff. It's not animated for adults usually, so it's a lot of right Disney Junior and Nick Junior shows. So that's mm-hmm. kind of the bulk of that. On my own. I, like everyone else currently, it's Rick and Morty is holds <laughs> the throne as far nice. as uh, shows that I watch right now. That the writing is so brilliant on that show, mm-hmm. so brilliant. Um, so that's kind of, and I honestly I watch a lot of the shows that I watched when I was that age. Like I just recently mm-hmm. found a place to watch all of the old episodes of uh, Captain N and the Game Master, an old Nintendo show i don't know if either of you ever watched that wow no, i've never heard of that a, one that's over me it was yeah so there was there was an animated block of shows that was like the super mario brothers super show and mm-hmm. legend of zelda and captain n yeah. and the game master and uh, captain n was like a high school kid with a letterman jacket and the nintendo zapper and he would go and like the bad guy in that show was mother brain from metroid and king <laughs> hippo from punch out wow and he would be on team with icarus from kid icarus and it was just a, a mashup of Nintendo stuff, and then the wow. it, yeah, it was it was a, so I, I'm recently refinding all of those, and I'm kind of it's it's a risky maneuver to go back and watch things that you have mm-hmm. fond memories of because yeah. you could easily destroy that. Um, yep. And I'm I'm kind of a sucker for kitsch like that, so I'm I'm really enjoying it. So I'm kind of trying to go back and find those things again. Because there are certain shows that I watched probably whole runs of in the late 80s that I have no memories of. So I would like to go back and find like Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, something like that, where I was like, mm-hmm. I know that I watched this show. I can tell you nothing about it. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm kind of wallowing in my past right now as opposed nice. to looking forward. That's, that's what this whole 
podcast is about. It pretty it's much just, is, yeah. You know, yeah. It's about all... We do some new stuff, but it's the majority of majority the Majority of it is. Let's go back and talk about this old thing we Join loved when we were little. We go back in time. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so... So Tony, your age is kind of right between Josh and I. So, so here's here's twenty eight and sixty seven. So right. you're like right in that middle gap. <laughs> it, exactly. Right so gap. here here's like a generational question, and I'm interested to know which side of this you fall on. Simpsons or Family Guy? Simpsons. Yes. <laughs> Why would you ask that question? That's a great question. Or it's a the, it's a it's a generational dividing line. Neither. No. No nobody's neither. I know. That's oh, like yeah. the Josh kind of is. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. You only bought two bars. Nobody's nobody bought two bars. <laughs> you, well, you watched one of those shows. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, I was a King of the Hill boy. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I was, I was about a King, King of the, the Hill, Hill and Futurama boy. That was my jam. Because okay. it was weird because my mom wouldn't let me watch The Simpsons because it was too crass, but mm-hmm. she was okay with Futurama it because was it was space and sci-fi. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like, and that's, our family was a sci-fi family. So it was like, yeah, you can watch Futurama. Way worse. <laughs> yeah. Way worse. <laughs> I guess, yeah, you're close enough to Texas because there's a lot of King of the Hill jokes that are very very specifically very texas. texas yeah yeah so i always I wondered watching it. that show if someone watching it in like on the east coast would like it was very popular but i was like mm-hmm. is that funny to someone that's not this close to that that doesn't know those people personally yeah until i lived in dallas which i lived there for about five years um or no six years I there was a lot of that show that I was like, this is probably funny for people who know what they're talking mm-hmm. about, but there's a lot of it that I was like, okay, I guess that's accurate. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> and like our like growing up, like our main vacation area was Texas because mm-hmm. like Dallas, it's only three hours away, right? Um, and like there's that one episode, like there's the episode of King of the Hill that I kind of talked with you a little bit. Oh about, yeah, where with they go Cowboys to like Stadium. Dallas Cowboys training camp, mm-hmm. and Hank sees the. <laughs> goes to the gas station and it's the dude who's like we're only 15 minutes away from the great state of oklahoma and he starts singing boomer sooner and i'm like (laughs) nobody gets this unless you're in one of these two connecting states right no one understands (laughs) that's awesome all right so tony where can all of our wonderful listeners find your work um so i do have a website it's just my name tony com. it's kind of a portfolio website that is as most designers will always tell you, it's never updated, um, but it does have a smattering of my work. And so a lot of my 28 in Maine, a lot of my first March Magic round, and it, it'll it connect you to my Twitter, and uh, you can find my Instagram that way, because mm-hmm. that's kind of the more current way to do it. Usually designers, if they're not looking for jobs, it's hard to convince them to rebrand themselves and redo their websites. Um, there's not very many Tony Simonettas on the internet, so I hopefully you can find me pretty easily. There's another Tony Simonetta that's like a CEO of a company in Pennsylvania, not me. <laughs> and then there's one that got all the good Twitter handles before me. He's younger than me. Also, uh, not. I'm easy to find, though. Uh, you can put my name in the show notes or in the Yeah, yeah, we're, we're going to put, we'll put all, of your, uh, all of your stuff in the show notes, uh, your links and everything. I don't know if that's available. For, like, I don't know if Stitcher people and like Android users can do that. I know you. it's available on iTunes where you can just click on everything. From, oh, the, yeah. from the description mm-hmm. but i don't i don't know the other ones but i will put all the links and everything in there cool. and the links will be on our website as well on that episode yep Answer. gavin where can everybody find you well everybody can find me on instagram and twitter at gavin Audison art and on my uh non-updated under construction website <laughs> <laughs> gavinaudisonart.com it's actually under construction because it's brand new um but it's getting close uh nearly finished with it uh yeah you, how about you, sh- you you should do a little like construction art piece i thought like, about doing that, that but the... that's very like 1998 website <laughs> like they all used yeah, the to little, have that yellow little construction hazard sign, sign guy yeah construction but you guy, could, yes. yours could be cars it could be. I could, could have a little could cozy cone the, motel kind of under construction. Yeah, and, and you can and you can somehow show how the cars have, manage to make buildings. Ah, uh, I know. Fix it, Felix. The, the question. Oh, that would be good. Ooh, fix, fix it, it Felix. Felix is a good one. You too. could do Bob the Builder. Oh my gosh, so many Bob options. Bob the Builder, Handy Mandy, Fix it, Felix, just all comboed. That'd be pretty cool. Have you yeah. seen the new Bob the Builder? Uh uh-uh. uh I don't know. They you, you guys it. are way out of this part of animation. They gave. They, there's a more realistic faced. Google it. It's very strange and creepy. Weird. They've, they've, it's that weird uh, uncanny valley now 
or Bob the Builder used to be like clearly an animated character. Uh-huh. Now they've gussied him up, and it's a little bit too creepy. So it's all it's <laughs> oh all CG. Oh my gosh! Good lord. <laughs> Josh Very is pulling strange. it up now. Let me look, and you tell everybody where they can find you. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> Your eyes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Josh L. Kane, and you can find the podcast on Instagram at Animation Station Podcast. On Twitter at Animate Podcast. On Tumblr at Animation Station Podcast. On Facebook, Animation Station Podcast. On our website, AnimationStationPodcast.com, which is fully updated. Yes. Um, you can also find all of our episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, and on our website. If you go to the podcast tab, you can find all of our episodes there as well. Yep. I can tell you that they did that back and forth with no rehearsal. That's like (laughs) genuine chemistry that happened live. It's it's one of the first times that that's actually worked worked. on the first try. (laughs) I just want to confirm there were no cuts. Yep. There There were no cuts on that one. Well, hey, thanks for coming on, Tony. It was it was great to uh, chat with you again. It, it it's only been what three, four weeks since we saw you, met you, yeah, and hung out with like you for forever. a weekend, and it it has. It's been too long, so I'm glad we got a chance to chat and catch up. Yes, and I'll have to bring you guys. Maybe maybe that'll be my next return on the show. It will be we'll talk about a kids show, Nick Junior, Disney Junior, the animated Sweet. shows you guys are not watching. Yeah, that absolutely. I have a more intimate knowledge of. There's a lot going on in the, the in the world of toddler TV. Hey yeah. man, Doc McStuffins is pretty high up there. Yeah, Doc McStuffins, I believe, yeah. has had a just had a same sex couple. Yeah, they did. Uh, yeah. Wanda, Wanda Sykes and uh, and Portia. And Portia de, de is it de, de Rossi? De Rossi. De Rossi. Yeah. yeah. So there's there, there's a there's a whole treasure trove of kids programming that maybe needs to be discussed. I'll yeah. do some homework. That would be awesome. Yeah, be fun, let's yeah. do that. We'll make a plan for that. Uh, now, Tony, before we go, do you have any any words of encouragement and wisdom for any young artists out there that are trying to break into, I don't know, something? Make stuff. It's <laughs> Make stuff. Just make stuff. Don't focus on a sp- very specific goal that you're trying to get to. Pin that on the board and look at it, but it's really make stuff. Like mm-hmm. keep make something that you're passionate about. Like I'm trying. If you were trying to get a job uh, at Burger King, like I want to be a Burger King wrapper designer. You're not gonna get. You're not gonna go right out of the gate and jump right into designing Whopper wrappers. So make something that is in that realm that you're excited about and get Burger King to notice you. That was the worst. Uh, <laughs> possible. No, because really you were saying that you were saying that and I was like, someone needs to redesign the Jack in the Box taco wrappers. So yes. you go from Jack in the Box taco wrappers to burger. Yeah, because we get we get a lot of people asking like, "Oh, I want to edit videos for your channel," and it's just make your own channel, make your own videos, edit them, get better, and when that way, when the chance is ready, when there's an opening at what you're trying to get in, you just kind of casually slide into the opening, mm-hmm. as opposed to trying to force your way in. Uh, it works. Just make stuff. Awesome. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> Excellent advice. All right. That was a good episode. Thanks so much for coming on, Tony. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you guys for letting me kind of get on here. And I, I, I want to do it some more. I kind of miss all the idle chat in the lines for D23. So this is totally. kind of virtual line chat. <laughs> <laughs> all awesome. right. So for the Animation Station Podcast, I'm Josh. I'm Gavin. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm Tony. Yay. Nice. <laughs> all right. Bye-bye, little butterfly. Made you look. Tony, do you have a catchphrase? I do not. Say make stuff. Make stuff. Yes! (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Animation Station Podcast. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Animation Station Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Animate Podcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes. And join the conversation at SecretSuperheroClub.com where you can connect with our podcast friends, Cloud City Cast, Getting Into Comics, and Sean of the Gathering. So, a question: What's up with all the uh, the Sour Patch Kids and the Seven Stick stuff? What is all that? So, I, I'm a big fan of new, new and exciting 
snacky foods, junk oh, food. Oh, the snacks. Yeah, 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 yeah. What like, did you what hold you on? Hold on. About? What did you think I said? You said Sour Patch Kids, and in my mind, I pictured Garbage Pail Kids, and uh, I was like, "Is Tony designing Garbage Pail Kids? I gotta see this." <laughs> they're bringing Garbage Pail Kids back. That would be amazing. Garbage Pail Kids and Pogs. They're bringing them back. <laughs> I am trying to bring Pogs back. I will say that. <laughs> Dude, my brother had the biggest collection of pogs he was a pog bully man he would come home with a hundred new pogs from school every day dude that's mean dude yeah because he was a he was a you win it there's no give backs kind of guy he was like a racing for pink slips guy yeah 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 what you win you keep and he was good (laughs) is there skill i don't know i think he just had a bigger what do they call bomber or whatever slammer Slammer, yeah i think he had a bigger slammer than anybody else so it gave him the advantage yeah and then, like, so he was living high. He had millions in pogs until that pogs market, yep. just like the Beanie Babies market, just crashes. Yeah. And they're all worthless. Exactly. And then you're like, I have all these pogs, mm-hmm. and now they're a fire hazard. He, now he's still waiting for that market correction. <laughs> <laughs> just Come waiting back. for the resurgence. <laughs> Pog market correction. See, what needs to happen is uh, Hasbro, like with, you know, G.I. Joe and Transformers and My Little Pony, they need to make a show about pogs. Oh, and then the and then it'll the, the value will skyrocket, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but there'll that's be new pods. They'll be true. designed differently. <laughs> yeah, that someone that's, get Hasbro on the horn. We'll make. That's a challenging show to make. A pogs. TV you say show. that, but there are entire shows yeah, based on battle tops and like. Yeah, yeah, man. If you make Beyblade it like Beyblade or Yu Gi Oh yeah. something like that, you can make a pogs. Huh. Hey, there. There's your ticket, man. Right up in treatment. <laughs> And pitch it. Send it to every studio. We'll make Pox the animated series. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do that. Yeah. Let's That's hilarious. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> Garbage. <laughs> Garbage. <laughs> nice. Okay. Gonna go club in. Un, du, toi. Well, let's not do French anymore. Let's go uh, eins, zwei, drei. Yeah, eins, zwei, Yeah, drei. I'm fine with that. There we go. You don't even know. What language was that? It was a German. German? Okay, you got it. Yeah. Watched cool runnings. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Uh, I saw something the other day. I think it was on Instagram. And when that movie came out um, in its day, it was the highest grossing Disney live action movie of all time. Really? That movie was a huge hit for one summer. Yeah, I don't know anyone that is of my age group that has not seen it. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah, it was a That's big one hit. Of the, or is intimately familiar with it. Everybody can quote it. Mm-hmm. Uh, fun, fun bit of not trivia. Um, <laughs> the movie uh, Eddie the Eagle with Hugh Jackman and ski Karen Egerton. Yeah, the ski jumping movie. Uh-huh. Did not know, but that's the exact same Winter Olympics as the cool running bit. Really? Yeah. Nice. Like they were talking about that and they had the little preview thing on TV, uh-huh. uh, on the TV on in the movie. And they were like, yeah, the Jamaican bobsled team. And I was like, really? What? Like, oh, that's the same time? Holy crap. Wow. I think that's trivia. Why is that not trivia? You're selling yourself short. That's definitely trivia. It's yeah. not animation trivia. Oh. <laughs> well, either it was Cool Runnings, but whatever. <laughs> no, they made Cool Runnings the animated series. <laughs> I don't think uh, they did. I'm sure there's a Cool Runnings pog out there. Oh, there probably <laughs> For is. For the pog anime. Full circle. <laughs> yeah, you have to tune into the end to find out. About All right, that. so we've descended into delirium here. Yeah. 